Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. Welcome back to the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show. Just Sean Palmer tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, 30-minute show here on the broadcast. You know, it's an interesting day. First of all, tax season is upon us as Seth is unavailable most of the time other than this show, so we are always happy to have him aboard when he can. And it's Passover, so it's a double-edged sword for Mr. Caymans. He is out of town tonight. And I am running the show by myself. A half-hour special time only for this week. I made you guys a promise as part of our New Year's resolutions that we would always have shows on Tuesdays. And I'm going to keep that promise. So, you know what? It may be a half-hour show. It may be a 45-minute show. It may be an hour show that Seth and I both do. Or we have a substitution. But right here, you can take it to the bank if it to the best of our abilities. You always have to put that caveat in, especially being a lawyer myself. We will be here every Tuesday night just for you guys. Range sign or whatnot. If you'd like to call in 760-283-0846. 760-283-0846. Again, we will be here till 7 o'clock tonight or on the podcast as usual. So give us a holler. So what's on tap for tonight? Well, what's on your Seder plate? What are the eight things that you are thinking about tonight? There are eight things on the Seder plate, I believe. You know what? I'm going to have to look that up. I believe there are eight things on the Seder plate. Russ Westbrook, wow, what a season he's had. We haven't talked a whole lot about the NBA. The end of the Joe, and by Joe, I mean the Joe Lewis Arena which is in Detroit, and I'm looking it up right now. One, two, three, four, five, six things on your Seder plate. Wow, I really thought that they were eight. But six things on your Seder plate. What is on your Seder plate? So, Joe Lewis Arena, it happened to be two years to the day, today, that my brother Mitch, my other brother Jay, you guys have heard lots about these two guys, Uh, came to Long Island, and we saw the final day at Nassau Coliseum. The best part about Joe Lewis Arena, or at least the closing of it, is it's in conjunction with the last season at the Palace of Auburn Hills. And the Palace of Auburn Hills is where the Detroit Pistons play. And so Mr. Illich, Mr. I, who unfortunately passed away this year, decided to bring all three teams, if he could, him and I believe Tom Gorris is the owner of the Pistons, all, all the teams downtown. So you have Ford Field downtown, you're going to have the new Pistons Arena downtown, and you're going to have the new place where the, where the Red Wings play. I'm not really, I think they play in the same place, but I'll have to look that up. And that's incredible stuff, and especially coming from a guy who 
spent most of his time in the Nassau Coliseum growing up every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, and now has to deal with Barclays Arena. And that's a whole cluster bleep itself. And the people that listen to the show, you know my feelings about the Barclays Arena and hope that next year will be the last year in Barclays. However, I do not want next year to be the last year that the Islanders are on the island. And I consider Brooklyn to be the island. So that will be something for the future of the Islanders. As I told my older brother Mitch, when the Islanders played their last game last night of the season, a 4-2 win over the Ottawa Senators and finish out of the playoffs, none of, well, it matters. But the real date is July 1st. And he was a little perplexed. Mitch has been busy doing some other things. I'll get to that in the last five minutes because I really want to focus on Mitch in the last five minutes. And I hope that you guys will stay tuned for the last five minutes of the show so you can hear some great news on that front. But anyway, July 1st is the first day that the Islanders can open contract negotiations with one John Tavares, number 91. Probably a top, not probably, a top 10 player in this league in the NHL, maybe a top five player on a great day. Definitely the potential to be a top five player. If you'd like to call in 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. And unfortunately, the Islanders' short-term and long-term history, or short-term and long-term future, is dependent on the re-signing of John Tavares. If it happens quickly, well, then they can build. If it doesn't happen quickly, then they have to look to trade him. And as historians have pointed out many times, when you trade a superstar, you do not get back superstar quality product. The only one that I can think about when you trade a superstar that you ultimately got back better, ultimately, and it took years to get to that, was Eric Lindros. Back came Mike Ricci, Ron Hextall, Peter Forsberg, Steve Duchesne, lots and lots of players. But that was way in the future, not in the, not in the recent. So here's hoping that the Islanders spend the money. I have no doubt that they will throw the kitchen sink at John Tavares. But we'll know July 1st how things are going to shape up. So far, Tavares has said all the right things about coming back to the Islanders, but you never really know. Okay, getting back to Joe Louis Arena. Lot of history. Gordie Howe played there. Steve Eiserman. I was watching one of the postings of a video, four minutes long, of the things that happened at Joe Lewis Arena. And it made me cry. Because I remember the closing of my arena two years ago today. I remember how much emotion was going through me at that time. And for children that grew up in the last 20 years, well, the Joe was the same thing. 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, perhaps. Steve Eiserman, Dino Cicerelli, Sergei Fedorov, Igor Larianov, Vladimir Konstantinov, Mike, Ver- Mike Vernon, Chris Osgood. The names go on and on as to the heritage of the Red Wings. And the best part is for the Red Wings is that they have a new arena 
unlike the Islanders, they have a new arena that is designed for them, and Mike Illich made it so. And, again, we talked about great owners a couple of weeks back, and Mike Illich is one of the best. And Chris Illich, his son, is taking on that mantle. While we're in the NHL, we can make our predictions for the playoffs, but I think that that would be better served next week, even though it would be in the middle of the first round. I would like Seth to be here with me to do that. Um, You know what, though? Maybe I'll make the first-round picks tonight, and we'll talk with Seth about them next week. The Kings decided to relieve both Dean Lombardi, the general manager, and Dallas Sutter, their coach, this year. This past week, these two guys combined for two Stanley Cups in the last six years. They hadn't made the they've made the playoffs once in the last three. Do you think that they deserved an extra year? I definitely do. I understand that results. It's all about results, but longevity, cohesion, also really matters. And the Kings have always been a staple for that. Unfortunately, for this year, it just wasn't there for them. They had a bunch of injuries. They do have some great talent in, in Darty and Gabrick and Jonathan Quick. It just wasn't meant to be. And now it'll be interesting to see where the Kings go for this next year and uh, going forward. Rob Blake is going to be the GM, Luke Robitaille. Yeah, you guys remember all these names. There, it seems to be a trend now that players groom, players are old players, older players, are groomed to be general managers. We see this in Carolina with Ron Francis. Obviously, we see this in Tampa Bay. Wow, okay, the sound on my computer just went on. Some reason, we'll have to, we'll have to turn that off. Sorry about that, ladies and gents. I'm going to try and get that up. There we go. As soon as uh, this works, that would be great. There we go. So, um, Steve Eisenman in Tampa Bay, and now Rob Blake. And Blake has had a great apprenticeship under Dean Lombardi. And from what I understand, Lombardi is very happy that Blake got the job. I'm just not really sure if he's ready for it. Okay. So let's go to our NHL playoffs, at least for the first-round previews. I'll go all the way because I think it's important because picking one round is very hard. I'm sorry, picking one round is very easy. You need to pick it like you do an NCAA bracket. So let's go through it. So in the first round, you have Chicago versus Nashville. I think Chicago is going to go very far in this in this playoff bracket, so I'm picking Chicago over Nashville. Minnesota is over St. Louis. I, You know, St. Louis is always that team that I really want to pick, and last year I believe I picked them to make the Stanley Cup Finals, and this year I wasn't that way. I'm picking St. Louis to beat uh, – picking Minnesota to beat St. Louis. Anaheim and Calgary, I'll stick with the one seed in Anaheim. Then Edmonton over San Jose. San Jose has done very well this year, but they're just too old. And Joe Thornton and Patrick Marleau, great players in their primes. I think the game is is finally getting too fast for them. So I lead up to Anaheim and Edmonton, and you want to pick Edmonton. You just want to see Connor McDavid 
on that big, big stage. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Edmonton over Anaheim, and then Chicago over Minnesota. And the big pick is the money is going on Minnesota over Chicago, but I'll take Chicago over Edmonton. And then Chicago over Edmonton in the conference finals. So Chicago in the Stanley Cup finals to face the Eastern bracket. So let's go to the Eastern bracket. Montreal and the Rangers. Well, you all know who I am rooting for, and that would be Montreal, because I'm an Islander fan and anybody that plays the Rangers. So here we are. I'll take Montreal to win the first round, having the home home ice advantage. And Carey Price is always a great way to start a series. Ottawa and Boston, the 2-3. Ottawa doesn't impress me. They just don't. Carlson is a one-man show, but Ottawa just doesn't impress me. Boston over Ottawa, setting up a great second-round matchup. Washington and Toronto. Toronto is young, very young. And you would think that they're kind of like Edmonton, but they're even younger. So, And Washington is just so much better. So I'm Washington over Toronto. Pittsburgh over Columbus. Just because Pittsburgh is Pittsburgh, they have the best player in the league. And I know that there are a couple that are saying that Connor McDavid is already there. Well, he's not. Sidney Crosby, definitely the best player in the league still. We'd like to call in 760-283-0846. 760-283-0846. So Connor McDavid, uh, sorry, Sidney Crosby against Alex Ovechkin. And this is the time that Washington finally breaks through. So Washington beats Pittsburgh and goes to the conference finals. Montreal and Boston in the second round. Man, do I uh, – there's no way I can pick Boston in this. Uh, Montreal beats Boston. Again, Carey Price, home ice advantage. So it's Washington against Montreal, the one against the two in the Eastern Conference. And I think Washington pushes through into the finals. So Washington against Chicago in the finals. And, again, I think Lord Stanley's Cup is held by the Blackhawks. So Blackhawks over the Capitals. And for the Capitals to make it even to the conference finals is a good showing. Look, it's a great showing. Connor McDavid making it to the to – the, sorry, to make it to the Stanley Cup finals. Connor McDavid making it to the conference finals. A tremendous showing. So that's it. And I think Jonathan Taze, again, takes the um, Consmy Trophy as the best player in the playoffs. So you heard it here, Chicago over Washington. Look, it's a one and a two. Uh, sorry, it's a one. It's a one and a one. So I'm not going that far out on a limb here. But I can't see any real – if you want me to pick an underdog, So you're picking a three and below to make it to the finals. Well, I have Edmonton. Well, Edmonton's a two also. So I assume that we're looking at a three, a three or a wild card. I don't like Nashville. I don't like St. Louis. I don't like Calgary, and I don't like San Jose. So it's very hard for me to pick anybody in the West. I'm going to go to the East and pick a team that can make it to the finals as an underdog. Boston's a three seed. If Boston can, if Tuto Rask can finally come back from a season that has plagued him, a, a tremendously bad season for him, inconsistent at best, 
and they can survive the loss as they have all year, but struggled with the defenseman, they can make a run at it. That would be my underdog sleeper is Boston going to the finals, where I still think that they would lose to Chicago. So, again, I'm picking Chicago over Washington in the finals. And those in my Washington, D.C. friends, I'm sorry. Again, you're going to be disappointed. And the question is whether Alex Ovechkin will ever win a Stanley Cup. Jonathan Tays, I think this would be his fourth. So that brings up a member of the team that had won three of the Chicago Blackhawks. And this is going to be hockey-dominated tonight, which is interesting. 14 minutes left on the show, 760-283-0846. 760-283-0846. Hockey-dominated in, in a show that if Seth was the host and I was on vacation, which I was, I'm sure it was college basketball or college football. But you have your, your opportunity to call in here on the Passover edition of the Seth and Sean Sports Radio Show and talk a little hockey. Brian Bickle. For those that are unaware of the Brian Bickle story, Brian Bickle won three Stanley Cups with the Chicago Blackhawks. Last year he was having problems in the playoffs, a multitude of injuries, and nobody could figure out why. The fans were calling for him to be traded, $4 million on the cap, He was traded to the Carolina Hurricanes in basically a salary dump. Chicago was tight against the salary cap. They made a trade with another good player and traded Bickle's contract. Soon after Bickle was traded, he underwent a battery of tests with Carolina, and they found the problem or the issue. Brian Bickle suffers from multiple sclerosis, and That's a hard way to go. There have been other players, such as Josh Harding, who was a goalie for the Minnesota Wild that played with multiple sclerosis. However, it is a disease that attacks your nervous system and attacks your receptory system. I can't imagine going, first of all, going through life, and second of all, playing a game such as hockey with that type of disease. One of my friends uh, also has the disease, and it's, it's a dreaded one. It's one that can consume you. But Bickle played this year, and last night he scored a goal. He scored a shootout goal, his first shootout goal of the year, and then he decided to retire. And kudos to the Carolina faithful. So Carolina Hurricanes players showed up at the multiple sclerosis walk this past weekend, supporting Bickle, all with T-shirts, Bickle strong. You know, the, the chill just ran down my, my back. Good on you guys. Good on you, Carolina. Well done. Absolutely well done. Okay, what, what excuse me, Russ Westbrook, the triple-double machine. So no longer is the trivia question, who averaged a triple-double for an entire season, relegated to only one answer, which has been Oscar Robertson for over 40 years. But now Russ Westbrook has done it as well. And if I remember my predictions, 
way back when in the NBA. I think I predicted Russ Westbrook would win the MVP and would win the scoring title. So I'll have to go back and look that up, but I think I am spot on there. And if I did, kudos to me. Yay, it's about time I got one prediction right. Because my predictions in the drafts and in the playoffs so far, or especially the NCAA tournament, ungood. Ungood on many, many, many levels. So good on me. He has done what I thought was next to impossible. The NBA this year, in the current NBA structure, is averaging a triple-double. Good on the Phoenix Suns, who Saturday were up, I think, almost 30 points, if not more, and decided we weren't going to let Russ Westbrook break the record for triple-doubles in season on our home court. I know the fans in U.S. Air Arena wanted this to happen, and they were cheering for Westbrook to, to dish a couple more assists, get a couple more rebounds. But Devin Booker said it best. This is my house, and you ain't going to do it in my house. And good on them. They, they decided to play a defense that controlled that type of uh, statistic from being known, and there you are. All of a sudden, he doesn't break the record this weekend. He breaks it last night. Most triple-doubles in a season. Good on Russ Westbrook, and good on the Orlando Thunder organization. So you lost Kevin Durant, and you recircled around Westbrook, and you're not a title contender. I think Seth and I agree on this. We agreed earlier in the season. I think we'd agree at this point as well. The Thunder are not title contenders, but they are fun to watch. And Russ Westbrook may be – the player in the NBA that's most fun to watch. Obviously a triple-double machine, and he has gotten better every year he's been in the NBA, and that's saying a lot because there aren't many players that would lose a Kevin Durant that know that the focus is on him and be able to do that. And we have a caller here. One second, let me pump you in. Hi, you're with Sean on Seth and Sean Sports Radio. Who is this? Hello. Okay, well, I guess uh, we don't have a caller, and I'm sorry about that. Are you there, caller? Okay, well, I guess he hung up. So we have about five minutes left to go. If the caller would like to call back, 760-283-0846, 760-283-0846. With my five minutes left, as I said earlier tonight, I would like to spend a couple of minutes giving a whole lot of credit to my brother, Mitch. And those that are on the show, those who have paid attention over the last couple of years, Mitch has called in off and on, uh, our resident hockey guy, if you will. And we very much enjoy talking Islanders every week. Mitch, in January, decided to take on the challenge. Mitch was overweight. He weighed approximately 260 pounds. He was he's six, about six, six foot one. And he called me up and said, you know what, Sean? I think it's about time I did something about this. So Mitch was a skinny guy growing up, and he just ate the wrong things, didn't exercise, didn't really enjoy exercise either. 
So here he is coming to me, who and I love to exercise, saying, I'm going to start doing this. And Mitch, for all his bluster sometimes, doesn't exactly follow through on what he says he's going to do when it comes to himself. So I was a little skeptical. And after I went out there in January and we went to Boston Market and he said, no, I can't eat what you're eating. I can eat some chicken. I can eat some vegetables. I, I started to believe. I was, I was getting into the belief mode. And when we went out to eat for something else and he wasn't eating at all because it wasn't on his diet, I was a further believer. And over the course of the first couple of months, first two months, he started this on January 7th. So over the course of the first two months, when my brother dropped in excess of 20 pounds, all of a sudden I'm seeing a transformation of my brother. His face is skinny. He's losing a little bit of the stomach. And he calls me up and he says, Sean, you know, I'm really happy with what I'm doing. I'm doing these, these double exercises and I'm keeping the weight off. And this is great, and I'm really enjoying all this. But there's one problem. I'm not losing the stomach. I'm not losing it. And I said, Mitch, you know, the stomach is the last thing to go. It's the hardest thing to do, but it's the last thing to go. When you get that, you're, you're doing really well. And so fast forward a couple of more months, and I saw a picture of my brother on Monday, which was yesterday, the last weigh-in. And I was shocked. I was absolutely shocked. Mitch has lost 54 pounds since January 7th. 54 pounds. Ladies and gentlemen, that is a quarter of what he was weighing. So he weighed 260. A quarter of that is probably 65 pounds. So maybe 22% of his body weight he has lost. And he looks incredible. So props to my brother. Now it's time to put on the the muscle as opposed to just being skinny. You rock, my friend, my brother, my friend. Really, you inspire me. So for all those that are looking for somebody to inspire them to lose weight or to get better in better shape, Mitch is 42 years old and just lost approximately 22% of his body weight and looks fantastic. You can do that, too. I guarantee you you can do it. A little bit of dedication goes a long way. I love you, brother, and I love what you've been doing, and it makes me so proud of you, so proud. I can't tell you how many people I've been telling about this all day long. So two years ago today, we were out grilling for the last game of the New York Islanders at the National Coliseum, and Mitch was there. And now he is 54 pounds lighter. I really have nothing more to say to that. But wow, dude. Absolutely wow. Okay, well, we've come up on the half hour, and this has been great. So we're going to post, well, we'll post our time for next week's show, which will be the end of the tax season for one Mr. Caymans. So please stay tuned for the epilogue to the tax season. For those that are celebrating tonight, I wish you a very happy Passover. And easy on the matzah. It's not exactly great on the system. And for those that are not celebrating and are celebrating later this weekend, 
for Easter. I wish you a happy Easter and to enjoy yourselves. And one last thing before we go, my grandmother, Pearl Buyer, had a nasty fall the other day, broken knee, fractured, fractured tibia, femur, fragic, fractured femur. Graham, you are awesome. I love you to death. We got a lot more stuff to do. So hang in there, get better, and we got, we got things. We got things. I'll be out there in, in July. We got things to do. Okay, for Seth Kamins, who is not here, so the MIA Seth Kamins, and Sean Palmer, who is here, who has been talking for the last half hour, this is Seth and Sean Sports Radio on blogtalk.com, backsportspage.com. We go through this every week. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next time.